welcome back to the wise man's page daily podcast where we read patrick rothfuss's the wise man's fear page by page this is page 762 ease could deposit the school's shed of their earnings anywhere people use childish currency which meant anywhere in the entire civilized world that money was then tallied to the appropriate account so the school could make use of it how much does a mercenary send back to the school i asked curious 80 percent she said 8%? I asked, holding up all my fingers but two. Sure, I had misheard. 80, Vachette said firmly. That is the proper amount, though many pride themselves on giving more. The same would be true for you, she said dismissively, if you stood a fiddler's chance in hell of ever wearing the red. Seeing my astonishment, she explained, it is not so much when you think of it. For years, the school feeds and clothes you. It gives you a place to sleep. It gives you your sword, your training. After this investment, the mercenary supports the school. The school supports the village. The village produces children who hope to someday take the red. She made a circle with her finger. Thus, all Ademra thrives. Vashat gave me a grave look. Knowing this, perhaps you can begin to understand what you have stolen, she said. Not just a secret, but the major export of the Adem. You have stolen the key to this entire town's survival. It was a sobering thought. Suddenly, Carceret's anger made much better sense. I caught a glimpse of Shaheen's white shirt and a roughly knitted yellow cap through the crowd. The scattered conversations grew still, and everyone began to gather into a large, loose circle. It wasn't just Shaheen fighting today, apparently. The first to fight were two boys a few years younger than myself, neither of them wearing red. They circled each other warily, then fell on each other in a flurry of blows. It was too fast for my eye to follow, and I saw a dozen half-formed pieces of the katan scattered and discarded. It finally ended when one boy caught the other's wrist and shoulder in Sleeping Bear. It was only when I saw the boy twist his opponent's arm and force him to the ground that I recognized it as the grip Tempe had used in the bar fight in Crossan. The boys separated, and two red-shirted mercenaries came out to talk to them, presumably their teachers. Vachette leaned her head close to mine. What do you think? They're very quick, I said. She looked at me. But? They seem rather sloppy, I said, being careful to speak quietly. Not at first, but after they started. I pointed at one. His feet were too close to the end of the page. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jordana. I'm Nick, and we're back from our long hiatus. Welcome back. It's Page of the Wind. We're here for you, our friends, our listeners, our lovers. That's right. On this page is made textual what Nick has long put forward, that the ADEM practice a much more communal form of living, a much more... You can say socialist. Redistributive economy. It's sort of like taxes, but even better. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's it's not exactly from each according to their means to each according to their needs, but it's like a very, very steep tithe that essentially results in a... Uh, an economy where everyone has everything they need. It's how taxes should work, right? They're proud to pay it. Exactly, yes. They're like, we got a lot from this society, and therefore it is a point of pride and honor to be able to give back to that society. Indeed. It It is extremely wholesome and lovely, and I want it. <laughs> and that they're, they can also see the benefit materially of where that money is going, right? Because that money is providing for food and shelter and education for everybody. It's providing for like, well-joined-together houses and, you know, nice stoves and 
sympathy lamps. They are they do materially benefit from the wealth, but the wealth is collective, not individual. That's right, Jordana. I want it too. And listener, if you want it, like Jordana, you can have it. You just have to vote and probably also lobby and uh, protest and other things. But it is possible. And say it might it depending on where you are, it might be a lot of work, but it could be worth it. Yes, a better world is possible. You might have to go into the mountains and fight a protracted people's war. You know, cases may vary. <laughs> yes, we at Page of the Wind have gone on record <laughs> as as being in favor of a guerrilla war fraught from the mountains. That's right. I'm a little surprised that Quoth hasn't put this together yet. He's such a clever boy. This is one of those things that you'd think he would have figured out and like been proud to figure out. But it takes uh, Vashit telling him explicitly, like, you stole from us. You stole our chief export. For him to to make sense of Carceret's anger. I think he had the pieces. He just hadn't quite finished the puzzle. He understood that he was taking something like secret and valuable. But I don't think he understood that it was the basis of their entire... It was the basis of the prosperity of this town and every town in the country. I don't think he could have put that together. Because he is unable to conceptualize a society that works this way, right? He he thinks he must have misheard her when she says 80% because he can't imagine everybody paying that much tax, right? It just seems it's inconceivable. Yes, and under feudalism, living in anything but the divine right of kings seemed like it was uh, inconceivable. That's right. Inconceivable. This is a reference. To what? The Princess Bride. The, the what now? The what? The Princess Bride! You, you say that like I should recognize it? Yeah, what's that? Yes! You're kidding! You're killing me! Killing what? Google it! Good lord! <laughs> I don't understand. So she's a princess and she gets married and that's the whole story? Y- you are kidding, right? Please tell me you're kidding. You're kidding about what? This is my favorite movie. We've been friends for years. You're hurting me. <laughs> Who, like, who's in it? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> You're so mean. You owe me a Princess Bride movie watch night. You all have to sit with me in a room and watch Princess Bride and eat popcorn with me now. Oh, no. You owe this to me. Jordana, are you finding the, the gaslight in your room to be a little bit dim? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> the description of the teenage boys fighting feels verisimilitudinous to me. It is the way basically every every person I know who has either been in a fight or has been trained to fight has said that basically... You train repetitively over and over and over again because no matter what, in basically any fight, at a certain point, all your training is going to go... Like, you're going to forget consciously the training you have and you're going to just start fighting like an animal. So the more you can make that training muscle memory, the more likely it is that when your lizard brain takes over, your training will remain. These kids are just like... They start out like knowing their training and then they get so into the fight that they basically like forget what they've been trained to do and just start going at each other like dogs or whatever and that seems right to me yeah, and this is the beginning of a conversation about the cultural misandry of the the adam it is a point in the favor of the suggestion that men are are less good fighters which is something i'm interested in talking about tomorrow the idea that fighting isn't just the act of fighting and like strength it's also understanding when it's appropriate to fight and and like retaining your training and things like that mm-hmm uh, that's an interesting idea that I haven't really seen echoed elsewhere, but it's on tomorrow's page, so... We will speak of it then. I can go to hell. That's, that's right. right. What do we make of this particular happenstance? So we know that Shaheen isn't the only one fighting. Do you think they have, like, fight days every every now and again where it's just like, okay, like, 
these people will fight these people. This yeah, will be the practice. I think they absolutely do. I think it's like any martial arts school at a certain point in your training, you're expected to be able to spar with other students to kind of like show how show how much you've learned and practice what it's like but to it's, like fight someone rather than just like practice the moves. But it's not just sparring in the context of like sparring with your classmates. It's a bit more of a social event. I think Jordan is right that this is like a sort of a ritual or like it is the weekly cross class spar where like people can invite each other to, to spar and like come and watch. And yeah. Like are these uh, challenges too? like maybe <laughs> someone challenge someone else to a fight kind of thing. I think a, a little bit later on, somebody makes like he's going to ask Vashat to fight and she turns him down kind of impromptu. So I think some of these are probably scheduled bouts and some of them are probably, it's a mixed bag. If you wanted to challenge somebody, you could. And I agree with you that it is a social event, but I'm also thinking back to like my dim and distant days of like taking karate classes as a kid. And like our parents were invited to, you know, show up and see like what people had learned. You know, I've been to like see my friend get a belt in a, in a martial arts school. I, I don't think those two things are totally incompatible. Ooh. This to me almost feels like the, the sock hop. Like the local dance or something. Well, yeah, because this entire village is organized around the school. So it makes sense that to some degree their social lives are also organized around the school. Yeah. Good. Great. It's like a very frequent potentially festival thing? I don't think it's quite as elaborate as like a festival, but I think it is a recurring event. You know, like in the same way that like maybe you and your friends have like a, you know, a semi-weekly D&D game or a semi-weekly like, let's all get together on so-and-so street and play shinny. Uh, I didn't realize that shinny and hockey were two different things until very recently. <laughs> I just thought one was slightly different hockey. I mean, they are and they aren't, right? Shinny is just like hockey you play in the street. You don't, it doesn't need to be winter. But well, no, shinny happens on rinks too, though. Yeah, it's just like loosely organized. It's loosely, it's yeah, like loosely organized hockey. hockey. <laughs> I, was like, I just thought yeah. that was hockey. <laughs> Whoever shows up, basically, maybe one team doesn't have a goalie. Maybe they don't play with goalies. It's just sort of like the, and this this is for the for the benefit of people who don't have necessarily hockey cultures. It's like it's like a pickup game of basketball. It's like you go down to the rink and whoever's there, you you play whatever, and you you know you don't really have a set team. You just kind of like skate around, shoot the puck around, have some beers. So is that different from street hockey that you would just like play on the sidewalk of your street? You might play shinny on the street, but it's not... Shinny is not ice-specific, but it's also not street-specific. Okay, good. Yes, it's it's medium agnostic. I like that term, medium agnostic. I'm medium agnostic. Uh, You can catch me reading people's fortunes on tomorrow's page. (laughs) (laughs) But not in a religious way. The wind! The wind!